What's up? Welcome to the Part-Time Rockstar Podcast, episode number 62. Today with my guest, Chris Mooneyhan of Weatherly Productions in Bel Air, Maryland, just north of Baltimore. Uh, from what I gather from our conversation, Weatherly is sort of like a uh, umbrella company for Chris's podcast, The Weatherly Report, and his band, Camoon. Uh, the EP for that band is called Story Hour, and the song featured on this episode is called Falling Down, which you will hear momentarily. Uh, the song has Mike Newberry on vocals, uh, according to Chris, so I've got to give him a little shout out there. Sounds like Chris recorded the EP with uh, multiple different singers, one for each song. But uh, yeah, anyway, we had a fun chat about his uh, recording process, his home studio, his charity work, and uh, some other things you might find interesting if you are friends of his. Uh, On this episode, I will say I had to use a backup mic on my end of the audio, so if it sounds a little different than usual, that would probably be why. Uh, I might be overthinking it. As always, feel free to subscribe to All Things Weatherly or to the podcast itself. It uh, always helps us out and broaden the reach of this thing. Again, thanks for tuning in and thanks for supporting local music. Whether you are friends or fans of the band, we all appreciate it. Hopefully this episode finds you well. If you're listening to this and you have new music coming out personally, feel free to hit me up. We might be able to do an episode, possibly. Uh, T-shirts for the podcast are available through messaging on Insta and Facebook. There will be an online store shortly. Still kind of working on that. And uh, lastly, as far as news and notes go, I would be remiss if I didn't mention that uh, my band back up and playing shows. And our next one is May 8th at uh, Fishhead Cantina with Top Dead Center. So if you're in the Baltimore area, Feel free to come by and uh, maybe have a beer or three. But uh, yeah, really. Without uh, further ado, here, Chris Wheeling from Weatherly Productions. probably started mine similar time to yours maybe like a year ago or so and i could kind of talk about that if you're curious but yeah i absolutely am because we we started about three and a half years ago maybe almost four um but we kind of started out with the the same concept that you have is there's a lot of really talented local musicians that just don't get the recognition they deserve so us being able to have a platform to be able to help them out is is great like it's been very enjoyable so how how did the part-time podcast start out same idea i mean i 
kind of relentlessly give a shout out to uh, a guy named Howie Spangler of uh, Ballyhoo uh, mm-hmm. Band here in uh, Baltimore. I actually completely spaced and didn't check where you guys were from. But, we're Bel Air. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. So we're we're Baltimore. Yeah. Yeah. So that's even more his neck of the woods than mine, per se. I'm kind of south mm-hmm. uh, Baltimore. But, um, but yeah, he's got a band the last 25 years and recently started a podcast. And basically, it was just like also trying to help out some local people in his own way and just kind of encouraging people to start one. And, you know, about a year or two ago or whatever it was, kind of just prior to the, the shutdown, um, I was like, well, Let's just try it, see how it goes. And it turned out to be perfect timing because as soon yeah. as I did like my first episode, everything shut down and there were no more shows. And it was just like, well, now I'll just focus on this. And yeah. uh, it really became a necessity, especially last yeah. year. So uh, it's been really fun. I, I kind of didn't know what to expect, but so far I'm glad I did. Yeah, it looks like I've. I've- Listen to pretty much almost every episode. I think I'm, I got four, maybe. Yeah, I think I got four more episodes, three more episodes to listen to. Um, but oh, wow. I've really enjoyed it. It's great. I've, if you've got me on to some new musicians, I got some new playlists now going on, which is, is fantastic. I try not to listen to a lot of nationally acts, especially when there's so many talented artists around here. Like, I mean, we're Baltimore. So uh, just to throw out a couple names, um, Brad Cox from Schizo Calypso and We Love the Underground, um, author yeah. of Children of the Program, huge in the Transcendent Events scene. Um, he's on this album, and Ainsley McRae is on the album. And it's just a lot of really talented Baltimore artists that I was really happy to be able to work with. Thanks, man. Um, that's awesome that you've uh, listened to a lot of them. That's cool. Like Maybe you kind of know how it is, but you kind of just release them off into the into the internet and uh you hope somebody listens to them but at the end of the day i mean i think we can both both agree it's kind of about supporting whatever it is going on here with whatever bands are around you know yeah so uh you guys look like you're about up to what about 60 so episodes and uh uh, I don't know. <laughs> I have to go back on Buzzsprout yeah. and look at the list every time I added a new one to release so yeah. I can figure out what number we're on. Right I don't on. know. It's, it's funny. We used to start it out because I was out of music for about five and a half years, and I was miserable. I have my bachelor's yeah. in music composition, and I was an orchestral conductor and a high school band director for the, the earlier stages of me leaving college. And uh, I auditioned. I wanted to get back into music. I needed to do something, even if it was just playing the guitar. So I auditioned for a Baltimore band, Normandy Wood. Um, These guys are great. Mike Gibbons. Yeah, they're fantastic. So I auditioned for them to replace their guitarist that was leaving. And we all played one show together and then just scheduling conflicts and a lot of things, a lot of different things happened that just I wasn't able to play in a band anymore. And so I had to leave them. But when I left them, the guitarist that I replaced moved to Bel Air and just kind of called me out of the blue and was like, hey, remember me? We played a show together a month ago. I need help moving. I'm moving like six minutes down the road from you. 
And I was yeah. like, all right, whatever, why not? And uh, <laughs> that night, maybe the next night, we had all of his recording stuff set up, and we recorded the first episode of the podcast, which we used the first 10 just to figure out what we were doing anyway. Were we just going to be a band? Were we just going to be songwriters, yeah. production company? What what was going on? So it was really cool to be able to document that in the early stages. So Yeah, so, I mean, you know, just kind of, even general impression wise, I guess, looking at your email and stuff, obviously it seems like you guys kind of have your uh, feet in a couple different areas. So um, I figured as much as we could talk about the podcast, which I'm kind of curious about, you know, how you guys do that and your uh, strategies behind it. But then also, you know, similar to me, like you guys are also kind of doing it to support your own music as well. So like, I'm not exactly sure which direction to take it, but I'm just kind of curious because it yeah, seems we like we have a, a similar of, mindset. Yeah, we go in a lot of different directions. Um, the original basis of the podcast was just to kind of talk about the, the evolution of two partners, two musicians kind of joining yeah. together. What avenues are we going to take? What what kind of business platform are we going to develop, whether we're just going to be a band or an acoustic duo. Um, and so as the podcast evolved and me and him, me and Kyle wrote our first album, the making of, we kind of developed, like, I don't really want to play live that much. I I work 70 to 80 hour weeks. I have a child. Like I don't have the energy for that anymore, but there are so many younger people that want to do it and that could use guidance. And it was the same guidance that me and him similarly had growing up. You yeah. know, I have three older brothers that are all musicians in and out of recording studios, orchestral halls, Kennedy center. Kyle's, uh, Kyle's stepdad ran a recording studio, a lot of church services, and he did huge on the cover circuit. And then later in the years with performing with screams and whispers, um, from Baltimore, um, and so as we finished writing the first album, we kind of decided that we both really work well together in a studio setting. Now, I yeah. bring a little bit more of the compositional production side of things, whereas he's a genius when it, when it comes to mixing and mastering, and he's a fantastic producer. Um, yeah. Vocal coaching while people are in the studio, like I mean, he made me sound good on the first album. I hate yeah. singing. Like he yeah. makes me. I'd rather just play twiddly crap on the guitar and and write some string parts for everything. Um, But he's just got this way of working with musicians that really lets people loosen up and and enjoy themselves. So that's when we decided that Weatherly was going to become Weatherly Productions. We don't want to become a recording studio because we both want to run home studios. We want to do our job in the comfort of our own home which a lot of times will eliminate, you know, large ensemble recordings, eliminates drum recordings. Um, I can't stand tracking drummers. I just, it's too many Mm. mics. It's too many spaces. It's just too much time. I don't have, um, everything that we have put out as weatherly and things that we have produced by weatherly, all the drums are done in the box, but we spend hours, editing samples and playing around with MIDI and velocities and to make it sound as, as human as possible. Um, so, you know, two years in, we had already released our first album, the making of, we had released our first single 
and we had started doing, you know, all the, the free production that you do because you got to have a portfolio. Yeah. Um, so you can, you can find all that stuff on all things, same with our YouTube channel, all things weatherly. Um, I'm not sure if we stole that from Weezer. I didn't know Weezer was all things Weezer until about two months ago. And we've been using yeah. all things weatherly for three years now. Um, you know, it's a good, con- it's a good like- concept. Yeah. Um, so we produced a couple artists and, and really started kind of making a name for ourselves and developing a lot of good friendships with other Baltimore artists. Um, the biggest thing that we got into after that was our charity work. I absolutely love doing charity work nowadays. Me five years ago. No, not at all. Um, but we work for Bree 379, which is a local charity here in Harford County. And we donate all of our services to them. We set up Mm. shows for their events. We find the musicians and a way of kind of giving back is, you know, you get some talented young musicians that play a live performance in a really good room with really good sound. You might as well record it and give them some content, you know? And so we offer in exchange for them donating their time to the charity, we offer them, we give them a fully live mix and mastered performance, which has turned out great. And we've gotten some really good, some really good takes from some of the live shows that we do. And then we do a lot with band together of Harford County for um, Harford County public schools, uh, sandwich stock once a year before the event. Um, which is a great time. And Dan Houts, who is on the Story Hour EP, he's uh, one of the board members of Band Together, and he's also the vocalist and guitarist of Think Again. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he sets up the Spotlight Start or I think it's Spotlight Showcase series, where it's just local musicians. We go to Vagabond Sandwich Stock in Bel Air, and we just play music. Vagabonds donate some some of the proceeds to band together. We help raise it. We used one of them as our album release party for the making of, because as an acoustic duo, that that's kind of, that's mine and Kyle's wheelhouse. Now all the albums that we have put out are fully produced. We haven't put out any acoustic albums yet, but we are definitely in the making of that. Um, so after, after we kind of migrated into a full production company, we, and got our portfolio together, we started getting more interest for people to work with us. Um, John Amarillo, he's the um, vocalist and guitarist for From Nothing. They were the yeah. 2018 Marilyn. Uh, so we're, we've been producing him for the last year of his solo album, Old Man Jones. And that stuff has just been fun to work with. It's like 70s, yeah. 70s rock meets like if no effects started out today. That's kind of the the hybrid of what yeah. he's been going for, and so it's really raw. It's fun. It's energetic, and uh, and there's there's a couple other artists that we're we're getting ready to release some stuff with that we'll be announcing on our page and everything like that. So right before COVID started, me and Kyle had we had a pretty large pipeline of work that we were supposed to be doing. Um, a lot of live sound gigs at uh, for Megan Lee, who sung backups for The Henchman with Kevin Hawk um, for a while, and Wild Whispers is her current project. Um, but she does some farm shows out at her family's property, and we do sign there. A lot of really good live recordings come out of there because it's, it's a concrete 
space with a barn built on top of it basically so you get some really cool reverbs in there for for tracking like little trios and stuff like that but with yeah. all that canceled me and kyle just kind of decided that we were going to go through and start revisiting our dropbox file which is just hundreds of directories some of them built out to be you know three track full songs some of them fully built out ready for vocals or even ready for release but they're all things that we never wanted to do anything with. And I came across the folder that had just a lot of my old stuff in it. And it kind of gave me an idea that most of this stuff doesn't fit in Weatherly style. So I, I wouldn't want to release it under the name of Weatherly. Um, I, I really like the sound that me and Kyle have built together. It's, you know, we're, we're 90s alternative of today. Yeah. And I get to throw random classical elements in there and these huge Floydian bridges without Kyle arguing with me. So I, I get like free reign to basically do whatever I want. So I started going through these pieces and I was like, well, I'm, I'm going to reproduce them. Let me retrack them. I have way better gear than when I tracked them before, better guitars, just a better knowledge of recording in general. And as I started tracking them, certain vocalists kind of started coming to mind. Um, the first one is track one, Falling Down with Mike Newberry. And so I, I picked his key and I wrote the song based on what I knew he would write to it within reason. You don't really know what anybody's capable of until they actually do it. But you, you start to notice some of their little subtle inflections and things like that, that I wanted to hear more of. So it kind of gave me the idea, well, let me do an album like this. Let me pick six seven eight vocalists let me produce songs specifically for them without them knowing in the beginning and then yeah. i will send them the songs and the titles that i've given these songs to and let them do whatever they want yeah it's very uh, slash of you very much so <laughs> very so. much so um so as i started building all of them out i i just kind of used it to kind of like document the, the last 20 years of my musical history. Um, Dan Houts' song Drifting Blame was one of the first full guitar parts that I wrote for a song start to finish. I think I was maybe 15, 16 when I wrote the basic acoustic part for that song. Now there's strings and there's like five guitar parts in there, some slide guitar, stuff that never existed before, but it... Yeah. It, the writing was from then, and the production is from now. Which um, uh, Dan House is that, by the way? Like, what's his last name? Houts, H-O-U-T-Z. And oh. he's with Think Again. They're a fantastic band. Joe Ruggio. Everyone knows Joe Ruggio. He plays bass for everybody. Um, he I plays bass for Will Sims. Like, he, he's a bass player of Think Again, too. Okay. Um, we we have a, a game in Bel Air that's six degrees from Joe Ruggio because everyone knows him or he plays with everyone. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, he's that guy. <laughs> yeah, he's very, extremely talented. Yeah. So as I as I started getting these pieces together, the original intent was for me to write all the music and me to take care of my own arrangements. And then hand everything off to Kyle for vocal production, the final production of the actual song itself, and mixing and mastering. When 
COVID hit, that kind of threw a little bit of a wrench in the works. Thankfully, we had already had two vocalists tracked, and we were scheduled to track Dan. Um, Dan had just, with COVID, Dan had just upped his recording gear in his home, and he wanted to record himself. So we talked it over a little bit and just kind of get him set up to what we need back as far as files are concerned. And he did a fantastic job. He tracked all of his own vocalists, and, I mean, the man gave me, like, 13 tracks of vocals. So there's yeah. more than enough to work with, which is which is wonderful when you, when you get that. And it was all organized, too. That's That kind of made me smile a little bit more. Um, but then it came time for Brad Cox's song and Ainsley McRae's song. They were already going into the studio to record stuff from their own projects. So we, I was extremely honored to have Tony Corelli, Deep End Studio, produce yeah. both of their tracks. Um, and I, the, the result was amazing. Having somebody else produce the tracks definitely gave some complications to me and Kyle, um, especially when you get basically a pre-mastered vocal track back and with Ainsley's it was also a piano and she wrote the orchestrations to that song to um uh yeah she did the full orchestrations to that and then the piano parts um so we just got yeah. waves of those pretty much already mixed so it, it gave us a little bit more of a more of a challenge in the long run so but it, it was really fun to see how just giving them a song. So basically I gave them a musical landscape. I gave them a, a general idea of why I wrote the song in the first place with a title that's been fixed to it for yeah. some of them 20 years, some of them five years, six years, um, and see the stories that they kind of developed out of it. We're getting ready to start working on a series where they can talk about their stories a little bit more and, and what they felt from the song which would be pretty exciting. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, man. That was a good little rant there. But, uh... <laughs> I can talk, man. <laughs> but, oh, I, I can tell. But, uh, makes for a good podcast host and everything else. I think somewhere in there you mentioned the name of your studio, I believe. Uh, yeah. We're, we're Weatherly Productions. Um, okay, you can so that find is... everything that we need at all things Weatherly um dot com all things weatherly on youtube um i will while i'm doing the blurbs i will go ahead and say that we are pig hog cable artists and kurt main and string artists um it's been wonderful working with them because we get to do really cool product demos and we they send yeah. us some cool stuff i got a really nice uh cable bag a couple months ago i still have to do a demo for yeah <laughs> so. yeah are you guys just uh, on a website, or are you on all the social media, or just uh... all the social media? Um, okay, it's all things Weatherly on Facebook, all things Weatherly on YouTube. But if you go uh, to okay. allthingsweatherly.com, I I built our website, so there's a link to everything that we do. So you have a link okay. to the podcast, yeah. a link to the studio. That's why I couldn't find it, but that'll make sense though for the listeners to to search yeah. all things Weatherly as opposed to uh, Weatherly. Yeah. And we're there. But, uh, You're either going to get Weatherly or Michael Weatherly from NCIS, Weatherly PA, or us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's cool, man. I mean, the home studio life, I feel like, is sort of the natural like progression of a musician mm -hmm. in a lot of ways, if you can get there. So it's cool. 
you got that going. Um, and I, I sort of get where you're coming from as far as getting older and not wanting to play quite as many shows. Um, you know, you kind of got to find your niche somewhere within the, the yeah. musical landscape that, you know, isn't necessarily always just being up on stage and doing that whole thing. Yeah. So, uh, I yeah, guess for a was, while I really enjoyed just kind of replacing the radio, like the little yeah. bar cover gigs, a couple hundred bucks in your pocket at the end of the day, and you get to play a bunch of songs that you grew up listening to. I think yeah. I probably do about once, one a month, give or take with those. Yeah, have you guys so. been able to get any uh, any gigs lined up for the summer? Um, I have a couple with Mike Newberry from um, the Story Hour album. We do an acoustic duo, yeah. and, and we're working on getting together a, a full cover project um, with a full band. Um, Dan yeah. Anderman will be playing with us um, from Mind Factor and Shake the Room. Um, yeah. and, um, oh, and Scott Lester, who's extremely talented letterbox. Um, yeah. he's going to be playing guitar with us. I'm actually going to migrate to bass on this one. Um, I really enjoyed playing all the bass lines on story hour. And then the stuff with old man Jones, I, I get a lot of guitar parts sent to me and be like, here, you know, write a bass line to this. It needs to be a little more yeah. melodic than what we're coming up with. And, yeah. So I've probably picked up the bass more in the last three weeks than I have the guitar. Yeah. Uh, but as far as Weatherly, we had just got to the point to where we put together a full band to play these to play the songs that we've written with the full production. So you hear the studio versions of the songs. Kyle yeah. and I we'll do we'll do the story times at uh, for transcendent events. We'll do uh, a couple bar gigs or like a lot of the Bree 379 events we'll play and we'll play our own music, but we do the acoustic versions of them, the the way that we wrote them in the first place before we produced them. Yeah. Uh, so we had finally got a full band put together and we played a couple shows. Um, we played Zen West and then we played, uh, we played Black Eyed Susie's with From Nothing and Mind Factor. That was a fun show. We yeah. were out of place, but the progression was good. <laughs> it, it was a solid progression for the night to end with from nothing i mean those guys rock i love listening yeah. to them but with this go around our, our drummer who is my brother that i mean i grew up listening to him playing bands and we never played in a band together it took me to get to 37 years old before we got to play in a band together and he loves the music that we write um so i'm i'm more in favorites of him being a drummer, being my drummer than anyone else. Um, but he just had hip surgery in the beginning of the year. And I mean, he's got four kids and full-time job and all that stuff. So uh, we're, we kind of put the band on the back burner a little bit. Kyle and I have just been working on writing for the second album and producing a couple of the artists that we have in the studio. Story hour took yeah. up a lot of our time. It was a lot of going back and forth because we did everything as remote as we possibly could. Mm. So. Yeah, I can't imagine like how that uh, how that works. I mean, it's a struggle enough when you're already in a room with somebody trying to figure out a part, much less uh, a video chat. Yeah, but, uh, I feel like know. the video chat throws it off when you're trying to write with people. I we got to the point to where the majority of the second album we didn't even write in the same room or talking to each other. He'd write a yeah. riff send it to me i'd write something to go along with the riff send it back to him and we'd just keep going until we had a full song built out 
And then it sits with me for maybe like two weeks as I kind of twiddle with the compositional elements and, and kind of make it a little bit more cohesive. And then it goes back to him for everything else. So once I get past yeah. that point, I, I spend a lot of time bored in the studio because I've <laughs> done my part. All my stuff's in like yeah. the precursor. So, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, you're you're dabbling in the songwriting world, right? So, I mean, yeah, I'm sure you have little projects there that you're working on in one way or another, even if it doesn't turn out to be anything, you know? Yeah, well, I'm, I'm glad. So Story Hour is a little more metal than yeah than weatherly there's definitely some heavier elements but there's also some more classical elements and more like you can see my my floyd stuff oh, yeah. everywhere i yeah. mean david gilmore he's he's my number one will always be <laughs> yeah um, so i got to throw a lot more of those those floydian elements those really progressive transitions and stuff like that in story hour but i was able to get the heavier the heavier side of music that I'd kind of been suppressing for a while writing with Weatherly um, yeah. out of my system. So I actually disconnected all of my guitar stuff and put all of my electric guitar stuff away and made room for a drafting table. So I finally, I'm back to composing, like actually putting pen to paper, writing stuff out in its entirety before I even go anywhere near the computer. Yeah, now, I think uh, System of the Down had that song cut, copy, paste, and repeat. Like it's so yeah. hard not to do that when it's so easy. Yeah. So no, I mean, it's, it's been fun getting back into the classical swing of things. Yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, I feel like that touches on like as much of your musical background as we could probably do in a quick twenty-five minutes, but. We haven't really touched on the occupational side of things, so I don't know if you wanted to talk about that at all, but being that I kind of do this for the uh, the everyman, the part-timers, it's kind of curious yeah. to kind of see what we all do, you know, uh, for real money as opposed to, like, fake money that we might get from this. <laughs> so Yeah, so fresh out of college, I was a high school band director. And I was yeah. teaching a little, I was conducting a little church choir, not very religious, but I love church choirs. Um, yeah. And my father got sick. And mm. so me and my oldest brother both left what we were doing. And I went on the road for nine years, living out of an F-150 in hotel rooms, installing commercial kitchen equipment. Um, hmm. my, my father was a metal fabricator. So we all learned how to weld and polish at a really young age. Uh, so nine years on the road, I took over his business and ran that for probably another three years um, before just kind of stepping aside, starting my own business, installing kitchen yeah. equipment. And now I'm a project manager, so I don't install as much, but I still have to take my tools out of my truck quite a bit. And some days yeah. I get to wear like nice clothes and just walk around job sites and point the finger and it's fun. Yeah. But... <laughs> Project management is long hours, and we deal with, I mean, we have so many different aspects of equipment inside of a kitchen between the walk-in boxes, the exhaust hoods, down yeah. to the, the blenders that are sitting on the gigantic stainless counters. So it, it's, it's, I work for a great company. I absolutely love my company. We're, we're nationwide. They take care of us. I spend six hours a day in my truck driving on an average, which is why I love podcasts. I mean, yeah, you get sick sense, of listening yeah. to music after a while, especially yeah. when you run a music production company. 
Yeah. Um, so that that pretty much consumes the majority of my time. When I'm not doing that, I'm parenting, and everything else that's reserved goes into what is basically mine and Kyle's retirement. When we are able to yeah. retire, if we are able to retire, we'll have Weatherly. Until yeah. we get to that point, we're going to try and help out as many young musicians and organizations as we possibly can. That's awesome, man. So, yeah. Um, what about you? What do you do? Um, uh, primarily a paramedic uh, in the fire department. It's kind of my thing that I've been doing for, I don't know, last 10 years or so. But uh, That's some intensive work. Yeah, it definitely uh, wears you down, for sure. Yeah, but, sure. Uh, I don't know. This is It does afford uh, a certain uh, schedule, I would say. Or affords you some time off work, you know, where you're, yeah. you're not necessarily working the 9 to 5. So that's why I do it, because, you know, you actually get time to pursue the things that you actually want to work on. Um, yeah, being, absolutely tied to the nine to five but i don't know it's been uh been an interesting year for sure but yeah it has i i gotta say i got a little spoiled last year because when our office closed down and all of my job sites pretty much closed down except for the the medical industry ones that i was working on at the time my office kind of integrated with my recording studio so You know, what's a, a 45 minute lunch break to record some guitar tracks or yeah. I mean, me and Kyle recorded a podcast quite a few times in the middle of the day, but he yeah. works from home anyway. So this helped out our workflow tremendously because with yeah. me being in the in a car for six hours a day on an average, he's working in his studio anyway. Um, he's in the healthcare field, but we kind of developed this workflow where when we were working on mixes, he would just put new bounces up in Dropbox. And as I'm driving around, I I know my truck speakers, like I know them in comparison to my Cali audios and the HS eights in the studio. So I would be able to just be his ears and I, then we would jump on a quick conference call and then go through any notes that we had for the mixes. He'd adjust them. And before I got to my next destination, there's, I got another mix to listen to. Yeah. So we're really able to crank out a lot of work with that. And then with me being home too, primarily, like we were, we were really able to get a lot of content going, especially for other artists last year. Yeah. I think that's kind of key, you know, is finding those little areas of time where it's like, all right, I can actually be productive here if I want to do it and yeah, kind of take advantage. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, it's a choice, but yeah. If I could gotta, binge watch another hour of Taskmasters or I could play the guitar for an hour. <laughs> yeah, you know. But uh, however it shakes out. But yeah, spending time in the car, I mean, that's definitely a great time to listen. Who are some of your uh, favorite podcasts, would you say? Um, so I do listen to a lot of uh, like Mix Like a Pro. Um, mm-hmm. I'm drawing some blank. Uh, Graham Cochran. And uh, I can't, uh, Marie Spender, I love listening to her podcast. Um, yeah. I do. I listen to a little bit of the produce like a pro and like the uh, six million dollar home recording studios. Good. But primarily I listen to serial podcasts. Um, I love yeah. the big elaborate stories you know, like rabbits, Leviathan Chronicles. 
I mean, the, the production on that alone, the music is just absolutely fantastic. And I mean, it's the, they, it needs to be made into a movie or like an H Netflix, yeah. Netflix or HBO series. I'll have to so, check that one out. Yeah. Leviathan you, Chronicles is fantastic. Yeah. And, and just because you mentioned the word serial, I mean, I imagine you've listened to the old school podcast serial. It, that was the first one. Yeah. Kyle got me onto it four years ago when I started driving around and I get sick of listening to the same music over and over again. He was yeah. like, here, listen to this podcast. So serial yeah. got me to rabbits, got me to Tannis and then got me to Leviathan Chronicles and, now, like Kyle's got a dry erase board in the studio where, he, like, every once in a while, it might be a notepad on his phone now. But, like, I'll just keep sending him podcasts. I'm like, all right, you got to listen to this one. Got to listen to this one. Yeah. It's like, it's on my list. But before, he had the gigantic list to give me. So yeah. I've, I've become a little addicted to him. I definitely like to get more into the, the serialized podcast, especially writing the music for him. Yeah, I mean, that could definitely be an avenue to work into i mean you kind of yeah. you're kind of already there on both sides of the fence so i don't know like the point of talking to you right now is just kind of like same idea it's just kind of reaching out you know seeing what you guys are up to and hoping maybe it'll give you guys a little extra boost or something like that and uh yeah, absolutely. you know i mean this network of people kind of around here either in bands or working with bands it's like especially the more i do this now it's like the more i understand the importance of everyone who's not a musician too it's like yeah that that becomes like you're you're just it's kind of like this eye-opening thing where you're like oh (laughs) yeah it's not really enough just sit around writing songs and playing guitar like uh, there are a lot of people within the industry doing a lot of different things so yeah. I don't know. I'm just, I'm still learning, but you know, this is one thing to do among many, I guess, as you're clearly ahead in the game for sure. So I don't yeah, know. It's, it's a, it's fun processes, you know, yeah. processes. It's just everything from just picking up a guitar or having a conversation with somebody like it, it all, Man has the same purpose We're we're all here to, to kind of yeah. communicate something to one another and interpret what you get. Um, so we, we do like a lot of the, the interpretation side of music. So yeah. some of our vocals, some of the lyrics inside of story hour are a little vague because we want to hear other people's insights. You know, what do you think this song meant or what did this song mean to you? Um, so we actually recently just started a series within the Weatherly Report, our podcast, um, called Tunes and Ta- Tales and Tunes. Mm. Um, so we do, it's 15 minutes of us just talking about why we wrote the song or what obstacles we had during or, yeah. you know, what, what spawned the song in the first place. And then we just play the song. Um, so we're getting through the bulk of our catalog first, but then we're going to start opening it up to other musicians and let's do like a little radio feature. You know, there's some great stories out there. Um, Dana Kosh is on story hour. She has, um, another moment, which is the, the full classical ballad. Um, it's, it's, I I don't want to be biased, but it's, it's the song that has the most meaning 
to me. And it's the one song on the album. See, I didn't tell any of the vocalists what I wrote the song about because I wanted to challenge them. I wanted them to interpret the story of, of the audio. Dana has always written about herself. She has never written about somebody else or someone else's experiences. And so she was having a challenge of finding her own story to put in it. And she approached me and asked if she could use my story of why I wrote the piece in the first place. And it took me about three days to think about it before finally I was like, yep, here's four pages of notes. (laughs) Basically just gave her a saga. And I was like, it's yours. Do whatever you want with it. Um, but she is is such a talented lyricist, and every song that I've heard from her has it, it just has so much soul and so much. It's it's she's just genuine when she sings, and when when she writes to music. So, it it's good to try and give people as many platforms as possible to get their voice heard, especially nowadays. It's impossible to make money as a musician. Like, yeah, I don't know how to skin that cat per se again i think it has to do more so with uh, industry is a bad way of describing it but the sort of ancillary parts of playing music um the more involved you can get with that like the more likely you you might have a chance of making some money but yeah uh playing music itself probably is a slim a slim hope Unless uh, you got a good tune up your sleeve or or something. I, I don't know. So A good tune heard by the right people. And yeah. With the, nowadays, it's you got to have the right amount of friends, the demographic, you know. Oh, but yeah. We don't have much of an Instagram following. Uh, we don't have much of an Instagram presence, you know. I'm 37. Kyle's, I don't know, 40. He's old. Yeah. <laughs> um. Our demographic isn't on Instagram. Our demographic is still on Facebook. Our demographic yeah. still wants to buy physical copies of albums and yeah. not stream everything, you know? And it's tough because, like you said, industry is a hard way of, of saying it because there's so many facets to the, the musical landscape that we're in. Yeah. But nobody can agree on anything from how royalties are dispersed to how the songs are mixed. Um, the, one of the biggest examples, and I try and relate this as much as possible to younger musicians to kind of view the financial aspect of being a musician, like the sound aspect, because right now we have a battle in, in the engineering world where, uh, uh, people have coined it the loudness penalty. So you put a master up us as our home recording studios or our indie labels, we don't have the, the money to disperse, to pay Apple one fee to put this master. Spotify gets a fee to put this master. YouTube gets this master. We submit one master to like DistroKid or Songcast or any of those. They disperse it for us. Well, now I have multiple platforms that are all doing something different to my music. Spotify automatically compresses and brings you up to kind of normalize to what their standard is, but they also put a limit on it. So if you have a very dynamic song, you don't have a dynamic song anymore. It's not at all. Um, So there is actually a website called loudnesspenalty.com where you can run your mixes through it and it'll show you, you know, how much Spotify is going to 
limit you, how much iTunes is going to limit you. But if you go off of that to kind of like go after the people that are streaming your music so they get the better quality of your track, then the people that are actually buying your physical copy, you don't have, you're not providing them a CD master. It's not hot. It's not well, as just, loud. You just got to do two masters now, basically. So, right. <laughs> and um, I mean, I'm being serious. pay for those like, two masters. Yeah. I don't know. Personally, I, this might sound like blasphemy, but. I've always been convinced that mastering itself might just be snake oil. Like I have never been convinced that any mastering that's ever been, that I've ever seen has made something that much better. I mean, yeah, I, you could shoot I me agree. and I, I can be wrong, no. but that's just how I feel. Like, I don't know. There's a lot of there's a lot of different ways of looking at it because a lot of producers and a lot of engineers pretty much master as they go and mix as they go. I yeah. mean, you already have a master bus on your doll that has compression, limiting, EQ. All you need is a stereo widener, a maximizer, and some reverb, and now it's a master. Yeah. So I, me and Kyle have got to the point to where we've gotten through the mix process of a song and we go to master it and it sounds worse and we get rid of the master and the mix is there and it's like here it's it's golden. We like this one. Um, yeah. it, it's six to a half dozen, you know, it all Who depends knows? if you if you do have somebody else mastering your product, then you did mixing then they might have like their own kind of signature or something that you wind up incorporating into your sound. Um, yeah. A I mean, Quincy Jones had that, you know, Quincy Jones would have certain elements that he would hold until the very end. And like, this is what goes on a master. This is his yeah. sound, you know, like you can always tell something that Pharrell kind of produced. He's got his sound in it. So, yeah. But hopefully you're getting there yourself, you know, getting a, a stamp on things a little bit. Um, yeah. And hopefully doing stuff like this, you know, gets it out for the uh, out there for the kids, you know, on Instagram or whatever it is. Um, ooh, power flickering. But um, usually I keep these things to about, uh, I don't know, 45 minutes or so. And yeah. uh, I feel like the listeners out there, you know, hopefully got a decent feel for uh, what you guys are doing and what you've been up to. And I certainly appreciate you coming on. And uh, yeah, absolutely. Even, even more so, I mean, for listening. I mean, thank you. That's, you know, compliment for sure. Yeah, um, it's a good podcast, man. I enjoyed it. Thanks, dude. Definitely enjoyed it. Um, um, before we sign off, I, I would really like to just say thank you to, to Mike Newberry, Dan Houts, Ainsley McRae. Yeah. Dana Kosh, Robin Bingham from Shake the Room, fantastically powerful vocalist. Um, she also has a new project out called Prison Wife with Dan Angerman that is just fantastic. Like, it's raw. It's pretty brutal. Yeah. And uh, Brad Cox, th they were absolutely fantastic to work with, and they did a killer job. Like, it's Story Hour is definitely probably – is absolutely the most thing that I'm proud of the, today, to date as far as what I've been able to write. Hell yeah! Well, so, I'll make sure I that yeah, I um, I'll make sure I tag them on the episode, so hopefully they'll be able to check in as well. And uh, yeah, excellent. I feel like this episode was like filled with shout outs. So um, yeah, 
that, that's good though. You know, when, I go back, when I go back and edit, I can always just kind of go like, all right, tag this person, and uh, yeah, it helps uh, just kind of get the word out, and you know, maybe throw some business your way. Um, yeah, appreciate it. I tell everybody that they're totally welcome to come back on should they ever have you know something new they're working on. Um, obviously, hit me up. Um, yeah, definitely. We'll we'll have to get you over on the Weatherly Report soon too. Hell yeah, it'd be great. It's a fun time. Um, yeah, I mean, you guys we, have we a... definitely click that explicit button down at the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> I, I make know. sure I click that one every time. <laughs> you guys have like a kind of a cool vibe because you have that like partnership friends style to your podcast, which yeah. I think a lot of people like. I think that they like feeling like they're checking in with a couple friends when they listen. I mean, there's different types of podcasts and different reasons people listen, but I think you guys do a good job at, at that uh, variety. And, um, yeah, I mean, uh, also I could grab, show you a t-shirt or something, but let me know. I'll probably ship those out, uh, or ship another order out, uh, at the end of the week or something. So, okay. Um, awesome. Yeah, I try and wear band shirts or like local company shirts every time we do any YouTube videos. <laughs> yeah. They look like this. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I definitely want one. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, that's very yeah, cool. Feel free to send me your address or whatever afterward. No, I'll get one out to you. So Awesome. Uh, cool. Yeah, appreciate you coming on. Appreciate the chat. And uh, hopefully... This isn't the, uh, the last one. So, yeah, excellent. Thanks for having me. All right, man. Your actions speak louder than words. So, yeah, I want to thank Chris for coming on and you for listening. If you made it this far, the song that you're hearing in the background is called Falling Down, which, once again, I will try to link in the notes or the description of the podcast so you can find it on spotify or apple or wherever you like to listen to music and yeah hopefully you have a good week and uh, maybe see you again on another episode